Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Punches and Punchlines. This week, we are going heavy on the punchline part. We got a very good friend of mine, uh, comedian Jimmy Flanagan, and uh, we'll let him plug some stuff at the end. But we were I had been asking a couple comedian friends whether they wanted to join me in this podcast to break down some of the fights that they've watched. And Jim had actually given me the idea. He said, you know what? I haven't really followed boxing, but if you have an idea of a good fight that might rope me in, he's like, why don't you give me that idea? And then we could, we could chat about it. And I was like, you know what? That is a great idea. And the first fight that popped into my head was the 2020 fight of the year, Ivan Baranchek versus Jose Zapata. Could you think of a, a better fight for him to get introduced, Franco? No, I could not. This was like hands down, especially during the pandemic, such an exciting fight. So it was like being starved of anything when any kind of decent fighting. And then to have that towards the end of the year was just like it was almost too much to go from everything being so slow to just this beautiful, amazing fight that went like to say that it went back and forth is an understatement. It was really just almost too much excitement. So I think that this really was the perfect fight. When you suggested this fight, I was like, I can't think of anything better. I think it sounds completely perfect. All right, just a quick tale of the tape then for the people that uh, might not have seen this fight. You definitely want to watch this fight. It is an absolutely wonderful fight. It was Jose Zapata coming in at 32-2 and two versus Ivan Baranchek coming in at 20-1. and one. Now Zapata's two losses, uh, one came to... The champ, uh, Jose Ramirez. All right. He's got two of the belts. His other loss came in 2015 when he separated his shoulder. I don't blame him for not wanting to continue in that one. That's a, that's a pretty hard road to, uh, to hoe, but Zapata, his, or I'm sorry, Baranchek's only loss came to the other 140 pound champ, Josh Taylor, uh, who's got the other two belts in the division. So I couldn't think of a, a better fight to, uh, kind of rope somebody into boxing. Jimmy, did we disappoint you when uh, when you started checking out this fight? What's up, gentlemen? Not at all. It was uh, the most exciting fight. Like, I've watched boxing. I don't follow it. If they were all like this, I would watch every boxing match. They <laughs> yeah. Like, you kind of set me up for disaster. Not with this fight, but you set me up with the fight of the year. So then, like, anything I watch afterwards is just going to be downhill. Yeah, there can be some disappointment after this. Now... Let me ask you this about this fight. When it when Zapata first uh, hit the mat, did you think, all right, Branchak's winning this fight? This what is, the hell do you got me how watching? Long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we just going to just watch Zapata get his butt kicked the whole time? I mean, it's just going to keep I mean, he, he was really resilient. He got up quickly. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, is this what's going to happen? I mean, I thought I knew who was going to win that fight four times. And yeah, then yeah. I was still shocked when the ending happened. I was like, wait a minute. I've been ready for this the whole time. I know how much time is left in the YouTube video. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm still shocked. It was it was absolutely just a, a, a complete barn burner. But no, right off the bat, it, to me, Zapata quickly became the underdog because I didn't really know much about who they were. But mm-hmm. the way that Baranchik went at him right away, I was like, all right, come on, Zapata. Let's go. Let's get, let's get back in this. Not mm-hmm. realizing that he was the higher ranked fighter and everything at the time. Yeah, and it was funny that... But the first round started and it was almost like a left hook clinic, you know, where Branchuk was just landing that left hook, left hook, left hook. Then it was the right hand that puts the painted down. I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> I would have started blocking that left too. You know, <laughs> right. that it leaves you wide open for that right. 
ambidextrous. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, blame him for for hitting the man on that one. And then you go on to the second round, and Branchek falls right away, but they they wave it off. They say like it wasn't a knockdown, and. Then they even went to the replay, and not only did the ref fuck it up in the in the round in live action, but then the replay official fucked it up too. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean that bothered me because if the first knockdown of because Zapata got knocked down twice in that first round, right? And that right. first one was like, okay, all right, this isn't a big deal. And that second knockdown, it was like, all right, but not calling this a knockdown was excruciating to me as a non-boxing fan because I didn't see yeah. a difference between the first knockdown of the first round and the first knockdown of the second round and also putting me more on Team Zapata. Oh, they did <laughs> right. everything they could. There was an Ivan Drago reference. They did everything they could <laughs> to put me on Team Zapata at the beginning of this fight, and it worked. The really interesting thing about this fight, too, is Zapata had been knocked down once in his career coming into this fight. Mm-hmm. And then he was knocked down twice in the first round. So I was like, oh, my God, this is going to end soon. And it's not going to look good for Zapata. But then he opened up that second round by knocking him down. And I was like, oh, wow, that maybe he's maybe he's not done for the night. You know, and then did Zapata fall in that second round, too? Yeah, he did. Zapata yeah. went down again in that second round. It was the moment I was crazy. like, all right, Zapata's got this. Then they knock him down. I'm like, I'm so confused. <laughs> Yeah. Roller coaster has too many loops. <laughs> right. Yeah. I loved that. One of the things that I didn't catch so much the first time around when I watched it, that after going back and rewatching it, Zapata never, like, he went down a million times in this fight. I think the official count for knockdowns was at 136, something yeah, like that. Roughly, roughly. <laughs> And, <laughs> but each time he would just pop back up and keep going like nothing had like he was no selling all of it. And he's like, this man isn't hurting me at all. And it was like I didn't realize how much he was not affected by stuff. Where on the other hand, Branchek, you could kind of see the writing on the wall a couple times. You know, when you go to Vegas and it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're sitting there, sitting, you know, you're 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 struggling to stay awake sitting at the table gambling and the clubs let out and you see the girls leaving the nightclubs and they all look like baby giraffes learning how to walk (laughs) in their heels. You know what I mean? Like the legs are like all wobbly and they're, and you're waiting for them to fall. And the gentleman in you is saying, I should get up and help her. But the married husband in you, or at least in me is like, you don't go anywhere near any of those girls because (laughs) you never know what's getting recorded. That's how Branchek looked a couple of the times when he was getting up he was drunk girl leaving the club in heels <laughs> and his legs were all wobbly. I didn't catch that as much, but knowing how the ending was going to be and watching it back, I'm like, you can see it now that he's going to get lit up. And that was like the only bad thing about the fight at the end. How did you feel when that, like obviously excitement when that knockout happened, but how did you feel Jim when he like didn't get up right away? That was a little traumatizing to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, I, I, it's like the first time watching Bambi and you're like, oh, this is a pretty good movie, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, wait, what? You know? I mean, that was a little, it was a little rough to watch. And um, I will say that the announcers, I, I don't know. I would have felt it was that big of a deal, but the announcers made a big deal about it. I don't know if I would have known how bad it was. And that was a weird thing to me. The second and third time I watched this fight, because when you talk about those giraffe legs, that was certainly a big, and they even mentioned that on the broadcast. And I think the announcers, 
announcers as a novice fan, the announcers lead you a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, because I don't know what I'm looking for. And then when they were concerned about him not getting up, I was like, well, no shit. He didn't get up. He got knocked out. Like, yeah. I, like that's what happens. Right. And I'm, I watch pro wrestling. So it's like, they really sell stuff. They don't get up for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like going to be fine. And then when the announcers were quiet and I was like, I took a knee, you know, I'm sitting there yeah, right. on the TV being like, we gotta, we gotta make sure this guy gets up. Is that an abnormal amount of time for someone to be down? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. And it was to the point when I watched this live, that knockout got me out of my seat, literally where I was like, Oh God. And then I was like, what a great finish. And then 15 seconds later, I'm like, Oh God, is he okay? I'm like, please be breathing. You know, no, I was like, all right, he's breathing. That's a good sign. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> like, and then you start looking for the the little things like, all right, his eyes are moving. Like, all right, he's at least blinking. These are all at least happy signs. You know, this knockout I thought came out of nowhere too, because like Zapata was down in the fifth round, you know, like he was the first one to get knocked down in the fifth round. And then like 10 seconds later, the fight is over. I was like, oh, Branchak's really got him. And then I'm like, oh God, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> So I missed crazy. it the first time. Like <laughs> they're like they're getting to the standing eight count, and you start paying attention to other stuff, and and you think that there's going to be ten seconds that you can right. not pay attention, and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, and I'm like shit, I got to rewind. Like I paused it immediately because I didn't want to know who the knockdown was. Right. You know, so I went back and watched because you had no clue. You know what I mean? Right. Like this guy was just on the ground again, and right. it's not going to be him doing it. I would have assumed the referee would have knocked somebody out before Zapata. He was still standing up. You know. Yeah. And then he kind of looked like he got away with what you know what I mean? Like he was like, oh, thank God this is over because <laughs> I've been on my ass a lot. Like yeah. it was a big knockout, but it was it was quick, it was fun, and it was a great shot, just a perfectly placed left. It was yeah, really fun to watch. Right on the chin, and you could just see the lights go out, you know, like we've said before, almost the slot machine eyes where you could see him just rolling in his head, <laughs> like, oh, I think that was the cherry, the bar, the star, the diamond, you know, like <laughs> You see them all go past. Yeah, I could rewatch this fight a hundred times. Like it was such a fun fight. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm really glad you came up with this idea to to kind of break down something that we've loved and to uh, introduce it to you. It really made me go down a rabbit hole too. Like I watched a couple of other. You know, I just I watched it on YouTube. So the nice thing is they'll just kind of if you like this fight, you'll like this next fight. Yeah. But then like so I watched uh, and I don't know the timing of it. Baronchik lost the title fight. And so it may have been to the before Zapata. It may have been the gentleman you mentioned. Um, Josh Taylor. Yes. And, and I'm like, no way he's losing this fight. This guy, he almost beat Zapata. Are you kidding me? It's <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm suddenly an expert on boxing. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> and then he loses at the end. I'm like, son of a bitch, Baron Sheck. Yeah, I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> you know? Um just throughout without knowing much about boxing you just start picking up on trends and this thing every time there was a trend something countered it you know what i mean and that's what's beautiful about a sport like this it's like okay baron has got the length on him he's got the reach on him he seems quicker there's no ways to pay. and then while i'm, while I'm thinking that the pain just like hits him with another shot and you're like okay he's still in this never mind you know yeah. and uh it, just the back and forth nature of it even again the announcers the white Sox fan in me was loved it when uh when the announcer was like call your family tell them that there's a <laughs> fight yeah. that broke out yeah it was eerily reminiscent to me of the uh hawk harrelson mark burley call during the, the perfect, perfect game, game. Yeah. call your sons call your daughters, call I'm, your like, daughters. I'm like this is the boxing version of a perfect game is what i'm watching right now right yeah what a fun fight yeah man so i mean are they are there more like this i mean like there are <laughs> there are certainly more like this uh i think one that franco had brought up too was which one did Inuit. you it, it, oh anyway but there was 
So, so you gave uh, me a couple options. You gave me um, Masayoshi Nakatani versus Nakatani. Yeah, yeah, Nakatani. Nakatani. Yeah. Now, boxing is kind of like porn where racism is still openly like acceptable as a way to categorize people where they'll just like they totally play up the whole nations against each other. Uh, there was a fight that we're going to be reviewing on our show that, you know, we watched uh, last night and they're already hyping up the whole Puerto Rico versus Mexico thing. Really? And it's like they start it starts feeling dirty after a little bit, um, but it's still rocky to them. Like everything yeah. is still. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Everything still a cold war oh man and it's crazy to me but i i do get that i i was talking to someone i don't know if this can go in here or not but i was talking to someone who like works in the boxing field and uh i was even a part of the conversation i was just overhearing someone and he was like now the puerto ricans they don't do that but like yeah. i don't even know what he was talking about but like it's very generalized like he didn't mean in an offensive manner it was just no. like stereotypically fighters from this country do things a certain way and, and a lot of it's the training and everything but yeah it does seem kind of like the wild west with some of that just still being like they're just saying that he can yeah. say that they blatantly do it during the broadcast since i've i've complained to fritz about it where i was like man they they wouldn't even call the british announcers weren't even calling the mexican boxer by his name they just kept calling him the mexican I'm like the Jeez. man the man has a family he has a name and then the next day i watched a mexican broadcast and they weren't saying anybody's names they were just calling them by their nationalities <laughs> and i'm like well hell we're not any better i guess it's a, <laughs> all right it's, it's just boxing that and it's it's super weird it's totally a boxing thing but i end up buying into it and so like when there is a japanese boxer i'm totally rooting for them and with the nakatani fight that was one where he was just getting his dick kicked in the whole fight and then you know had the big uh the surprise roll up if you will at the end of really? the fight and it was so awesome and because i bought into the whole japanese angle of it sure it, it was ridiculous but that was also a good fight. I love it. I love that. I mean, I think that's why uh, Franco and I bonded that we we both enjoy a little pro wrestling and and mm -hmm. they can manufacture this stuff. You know what I mean? Like every fight has these false finishes, these back and forths and everything yeah. like, but to, you cannot manufacture this type of, you know, like obviously you're not going to get this in every fight. So when you get this feeling like, like they knew again, the announcers in the second round were, you know, this is special right? because yeah. you don't get that type of, it wasn't even like an even fight. Each, each boxer had something that they were much better at than the other. And it was just kind of who got their shot in, in that moment, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. And, and I would watch fights like this all day. Long. It's really well put. And then I, I have another fight I could recommend, depending on when we put this out, it, let's uh, just say it's coming up, but who knows? It might be in the past by the time we <laughs> release this episode. Uh, on the 22nd of May, Jose Ramirez fights Josh Taylor. So Jose oh, wow. Ramirez is the one that beat Zapata. Taylor's the one who Taylor's beat. the one that beat Branchek. So those two guys are going for our, all four of the belts at 140. I, I can't wait for that fight. Wow. Now, is that uh, is it more common to have this good of fights in the lower weight classes? I think so, because I think that there's more. It seems like there's more contenders at the lower weight classes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know why it ends up being that. Is maybe, it more strategy than brute strength? I mean, I, maybe because some of my favorite fighters have always been in 130, 135, you know, 140. Welterweights have always been a huge draw you know, and that's 147 heavyweights will always be the guys that 
you know, sell the huge pay-per-views, but right. I don't think that they're, they're not as deep in those, in that division as I think some of the smaller weight divisions are. So, and I think it's because of the big knockout hitters and heavyweight, and this is total novice opinion, but like, it's, first of all, it's slower. They're still incredibly athletic at their size, but it's slower. And with those big punchers, like it can just end like that, like a fight right. like this, you wouldn't see a heavyweight get knocked down five times. You know, it's <laughs> right. just, there's a lot of force behind each of those punches, you know, with right. this, it's a little more, they're able to bounce back up a little bit and they're not getting hit with that same force. So you get more of that back and forth. It feels like, yeah, it well, seems like more of a sport than a death sentence, you know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like watching some of Deontay Wilder's fights where he would almost knock a guy's head off. You're like, oh, God, he's not going <laughs> to recognize his kids, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> well, and the big thing in almost all sports, I feel like, is everybody wants to figure out how to get the casual viewer. Yeah. Sorry, we got a weird message from Zoom. Uh, it popped up oh, on yeah. the screen. You so, have like the 40 yeah. minute limit, but then it yeah, says something like They gave me a gift and I'm like, oh, that's distracting, but all right. <laughs> um, I like how we all rolled through it like pros. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> something shiny on my screen. I got to go, guys. I got I to gotta look this up. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I feel like all sports are trying to get the casual viewer, whether it be professional wrestling, boxing, like a lot of these older sports, even baseball is struggling to a certain extent where their numbers used to be so ridiculous. But with everything being on demand with, you know, there being a million different subscription services on your TV, everybody is kind of competing for everyone's eyes. But there's so many options now. And that is the, the, the opposite of what we were just showing you is that there's a lot of fights that kind of suck, but there's also a lot of baseball games that suck. There's a lot of football games that suck. There's a lot of everything. And so it's almost like better to wait until after the fact and then wait for the reviews to come in and be like, all right, then I guess I'll check it out because it was good. Oh, WrestleMania sucked. I guess I'm going to skip it. It just, you know, we have a finite amount of time. So as a, as a casual viewer, what do you think it would take to like pull you in more? Is it the storylines? Is it just good fights or is it a combination for me? it's good fights. I mean, I, I love a good storyline, but that will come in time. I'll understand the storylines once I understand the fighter. What I loved about this, I was able to, what you're saying about watching it after the fact is awesome because very rarely are fights of the century, fights of the century. Like what we think mm-hmm. is going to be the best boxing match in the world. And my buddies, we'd all spend a hundred bucks on the pay-per-view and get together and watch it. And then we'd leave and be like, all right. You know, like, <laughs> you got me fine. again. Yeah, pay-per-view. we'll see. Right. And, and uh, this was the perfect opportunity for me. They did like a, it was like a 20 four minute video and like mm-hmm. seven of that was waiting for Baranchik to get up at the end so it's a little, it's a little <laughs> concerning in that regard but um at right at the very beginning quick tail of the tape you know Zapata's number two ranked here three here Baranchik's four here six there like it was really simple really easy and then boom right into the fights not a whole lot of waiting for a casual viewer this is the way to go watching it after the fact knowing it was a great fight because if I watched this ahead of time and it sucked I would have been like see this is why I don't like boxing well no <laughs> because I'm, I'm I'm ADHD. I'm super impatient. Like I want good fights all the time. So I like the fact that you can learn more about the fight game this way. And then it'll like, now I'm invested in Ramirez Taylor without ever having seen anything from either one of them yeah. because, you know, I know who they beat. I, I know they have to be both be pretty great. It, like it, it just, it sets itself up for storylines once you can see a good fight quickly. Now, are there any other fighters that you've heard of, like as a casual viewer that pop up in your head right away, whether it be like a younger fighter or maybe, you know, one of one of the bigger top names? I'm sure you've heard of Tyson Fury because he's popped up in uh, WWE and whatnot, but... 
you know, are there are there any names that you've heard of or that you're also possibly looking forward to seeing? Yeah, so Fury Wilder are kind of, you know, the two names that everyone talks about, right? Deontay Wilder and Tyson mm-hmm. Fury. And are they, did they sign for another fight? What's going on there? I know there was kind of talk of it, but I don't follow enough to know. They were signed for a trilogy and then the first one went to a draw. The second one, Wilder got destroyed. He uh-huh. took one, like, be on the ear and was never right the rest of the fight, where his towel threw in the... I'm sorry, his towel threw in the corner. <laughs> that, that's that's not how that worked. <laughs> I don't think that's how it worked. I would have bought it. Go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his corner threw in the towel on the second one, and he actually fired the guy that threw in the towel. You know, nothing like loyalty. I remember <laughs> that, though. Like, that. that's where I, I kind of checked out on that. And then was there a third? There was supposed to be a third, and then... They waited too long to get it uh, signed on the dotted line. So that trilogy expired. So now actually Tyson Fury is fighting Anthony Joshua for oh, okay. all the belts in the the most recent releases this summer in, what is it? Amitris, Abu Dhabi, what is it? Yeah, it's uh, somewhere in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah. So world's that's greatest the, rumble. Yeah, right. That is. Heaven. <laughs> that is a fight I would watch. Absolutely. Joshua is another name I've heard a lot about. Um, I mean, that whatever weight class they're in seems to be stacked from what I have heard yeah, and the, seen. Uh, I was going to say Joshua Fury should be uh, just a great, you know, heavyweight unification. That There hasn't been a heavyweight with all the belts since I think Lennox Lewis did it. So wow. this would be kind of historical this summer. So I'll let you know when we're having the pay-per-view party. I'll, in. uh, I'll invite you over. It'll be great. If I'm around, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. No, we used to, I mean, I've certainly seen some Canelo fights. Yeah. You know, we used to get the Mayweather fights whenever, you know, he had a big fight coming up and everything. So I enjoy it. I just, I don't know enough about what's happening. Again, I don't know enough to know when the fights are, what's going to be a good fight and what isn't. So mm-hmm. this is perfect because now it's like locked into my YouTube history that like I'll be listening <laughs> to music and stuff and suddenly it sneaks in a boxing match on me, you know? So now I'm going to start getting some good stuff out of it. Well, then a question and a statement uh, for your YouTube, check out some Triple G highlights. Okay. Uh, Gennady Golovkin, <laughs> you're going to want to watch that. That's my favorite fighter on planet Earth. Okay. And then uh, the question is, as a Mexican guy with red hair, do you automatically love Canelo? Like, is, You have to. You, <laughs> you absolutely say, have to. Absolutely. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. You're like, Mexican with red hair? I'm listening. Okay. And yeah. he's good? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. You got I'm my in. attention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Very good point. And Triple G, another name I've heard a ton. I hear he's fantastic. I would, yeah, uh, such I will a definitely check fighter. him out. What about Franco? I know you love Ryan Garcia. Who else? Who are your other Oh, God. <laughs> You know, he's one of those that I really, I really do want to like him, but he's just a natural heel for everything yeah. that I hate. Like he's super big on social media. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Every time I want to pull for him, he does something dumb, but he's super young. So he has a high ceiling. Who knows where he's going to end up? I'm going to keep giving him chances, but I can, he's like Kanye. Keep I, yeah. He's like Kanye West where I can only <laughs> give him so many chances. And then finally I'm like, you know what? I'm done with you. It's time to move on. Exactly. That's a good analogy. Who do you love? Who who do you recommend me watching? My favorite right now is definitely Canelo, but yeah. there is uh, so earlier when we were uh, forgetting Nakatani's name, uh, Inoue is this little tiny Japanese guy who hits like he's six, seven, like it, wow. it almost looks fake. It's like an anime where, you know, it's like, Oh, Deku's going to go all crazy. And he's this little tiny guy. And then he just like, knock somebody's head off he's they call him the monster even though he's he's really small and, and a lot of fun to watch but anyway is um is definitely a fun one all right anyway and triple g we're up next yeah. there you go <laughs>
here's the one thing I will say. I want to thank Jimmy for uh, for joining us today and Punches and Punchlines. It was great to get a guest episode in with a, a comedian that I absolutely love. Uh, if you see Jimmy Flanagan coming to your town to do live stand-up, you're going to want to come see it. He is a wonderful joke writer, and I've actually was lucky enough to see him when he started, when he was on stage. I guess the way I could put it is he had funny stuff, but he was only asking whether it was funny when he would deliver the punchline. <laughs> now he gets up there and he's so confident and the joke writing is still so on point that he's just letting you know, like, this is funny and you're going to enjoy it. And it's, it's a hundred percent all the time. So uh, means- check out Jimmy Flanagan's comedy. And uh, where do you want these people to find you, Jim? Man, first of all, thank you. That means so much. You know, you're one of my absolute favorite comics and, and have been from day one. That means the world from you. Um, I'm all over social media at Jimmy Flan, F-L-A-N-N. I have a podcast with uh, another friend of ours named Pat McGann called All Over the Place. And mm-hmm. uh, check that out if you're into podcasts. But this was a blast, gentlemen. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, I'm going to be bugging you about more boxing stuff now, I think. This was really, this really opened my eyes. Yeah, this has been fun. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Please check out Jimmy's podcast and Follow him on uh, social media and uh, tune in for our next episode of Punches and Punchlines. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment, and we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor.